As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash mpn to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash mpn. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Collective Cafe To Go. This is the podcast version of the Collective Cafe. Now, the Collective Cafe happens every single weekday, Monday through Friday, from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in Alpha Collective's Discord server, discord.gg forward slash Alpha Collective. It is free. It always will be free. There are no strings. There is no bait and switch. If you like to listen live and even participate, come onto stage, comment in our back chat, you can do that. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom into your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wednesday, we have guests take the stage, almost like an open mic. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday, where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption. So give us a subscribe if you're listening on the podcast or come and attend one day. Remember, it is a safe, welcoming space and you will never, ever be put on the spot. This is the Collective Cafe to go. GM, GM, GM. Uh, Isna, I love that beautiful good morning image, GIF, J- <coughs> JPEG, etc. It is good to have this schedule, this routine uh, in my life and in our lives together. Uh, it's taking on its own role because there's a live component and then there is an on-demand component. And today... I'll do a little bit of uh, of experimentation or, or even innovation with the POAP, um, which is today, Eddie Utama, I haven't seen you in a while. Welcome, welcome. Um, today, there will be a POAP, um, but the window for the POAP will not be during this period of time. It's going to be, if I got my time zones correct, between 12 and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, the experiment is basically for people that are going to start listening to this 
in their commute or as part of their commute, there now is a lag between, um, I guess, from 8 to 12. So a four-hour lag from 8 to 9, you're listening live. And uh, from 9 to 12, there is a little window. And then from 12 to 2, you can actually uh, enter the secret word for the POAP. It has a bunch of advantages. One, it is rewarding people that are not only live, but also that are listening on demand. Also, it takes away the anxiety and the pressure of having to, uh, even for me, because I kind of like to participate too. There's a four-minute window. They've expanded it with 10 lives. Um, And so it still takes you away from being present. So I will share that code with you. If anybody needs to leave early, uh, just uh, just put in the cafe chat and let me know, and uh, I'll make sure that you receive the code. But of course, you know the whole idea here is is that you come for the conversation, you stay for the poem, or you come for the poem and you stay for the conversation, or you come for both, or you come for one and the other one is just a bonus as well. It's a little bit of playfulness. It's a little bit of um, gamification, and everybody wins at the end of the day. So I hope you're all well. Today is Wellness Wednesday. The idea is to focus on something that relates to whether it's mental health, whether it relates to the personal aspect of business. Um, it can be spirituality. It can be um, you know things like leadership skills. It could be imposter syndrome. It could be... Um, the ability for us to um, figure out how to better cope with adversity. Um, There are so many topics that we could infuse into Wellness Wednesday. If anyone wants to volunteer a topic or come up or ask me a question, you can do that through the cafe chat. And if you are listening on demand, you can contact me or send me a message or an email, etc. JoeJaffe at gmail.com. I'm very accessible. So I posted in the cafe chat um, the latest update. Uh, Actually, it's about 30 minutes old now. I've now been fasting for 89 hours. I've been fasting since 2.27 p.m. on Saturday, and I have not eaten since then. I've had water. um, I've had black coffee. I've had uh, occasionally just uh, a little bit of Himalayan salt, um, and I've I've had a multivitamin, taken some vitamin D, and even taken a slow mag, um, which is kind of a little bit of, I think it's potassium or magnesium, one of the two, maybe both. My goal is to get to 100 hours, which will be at 6.27 p.m. today, and I will get there. My goal was also, it was kind of twofold. We spoke about streaks and records yesterday or or on monday and one of the one of the goals was to be able to hit my goal of 30 pound weight loss in 6 months and in doing so make 84 dollars through a healthy wage but really what i didn't want to do is lose the 600 dollars obviously i had a good excuse i mean the excuse of being the bad excuse was the vacation in south africa uh, the good excuse, air quotes, was the passing of my mom. Uh, I just, I just didn't want to. I didn't want to fail at the last hurdle, and I felt I could do it. 
And I think I will. This morning, actually, I weighed 184.7 pounds, which is my goal weight. Um, but I still have to weigh myself with clothes on and holding the iPhone. or So I need to probably, I need about a, another pound of buffer. And <clears throat> tonight I will reintroduce food um, with probably celery juice, maybe some soup, and then, and then uh, definitely uh, some carbs amazing to see how the impact and the effect and the importance of carbs you know as i was on i think i said this yesterday um i was on the bike yesterday probably shouldn't have 45 minutes and there was just nothing nothing there was no gas in the tank um and i realize now the power of uh, the fuel uh of carbs so that's just kind of a context setter for this idea of the power of the mind, um, can we achieve anything that we set that we set out to do, that we set our minds to do? Obviously, there is realism. I will never break the world record, the hundred meter world record. But what about this idea of being able to achieve success in business, in life, in love, um, being able to do things like run a marathon, which I've done twice, but there are so many people that just never believe that they are capable of achieving these physical goals, these mental goals. I mean, it's clear I'm not a mindfulness coach. Uh, I'm not even mindful at the best of times, um, but I, I've learned things along the way. I've learned about the power of the mind and the body and how they are interrelated and interconnected, how they feed each other and feed into each other. And I actually do believe that we really can achieve anything that we set out to do, that we set our minds to do. Now, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Um, when I say that I'm you know, 89 hours into a fast and, and on track to hit 100 hours, does that seem doable to you? Does that seem achievable? Does that seem impossible? Does that seem insane? What is your reaction to that? Do you think you could do that? If you were to start right now, do you think you could do a 100-hour fast? And, and you know, part of, the, part of this whole goal is many people talk. Most people are going to essentially FUD you, to use a little bit of a Web3 term, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Most people are going to tell you you're insane. Most people are going to tell you you could drop dead. Most people are going to tell you that this is going to eat away at the heart muscle and, uh, and it's going to eat into your muscles and, and, and tell you about all the negative things. But, you know, here I am, Wednesday morning, last time I ate food was Saturday at 2 p.m., and I'm okay. Mentally, I'm sharp, as sharp as, as, as I ever was or could be. A little bit of a dry mouth physically and definitely a little lethargic. Definitely, the, I can feel when I walk that there's a certain heaviness. Um, but it's all in the mind. It's always all in the mind. The mind is so strong. The mind literally can compel you to do anything and to overcome physical impediments and obstacles. I mean, we've seen it with great people, greater people that have graced this earth. We've seen it with people that have overcome the most impossible odds. 
whether it's you know paraplegics um, winning gold at the Olympics in the Special Olympics, whether it's Helen Keller. I mean, I, there's just so many examples of people that have not only conquered or, or found a way to survive and thrive with a physical impediment or handicapped handicap, but have actually said this was the best thing that happened to me or for me. These are not the things that happened to you. These are the things that happen for you. And most of us probably feel if that happened to us, we would fall apart. We would collapse. We would not know how to cope. We would not know how to turn what is one hell of a lemon into lemonade. But the power is in the mind. And and I would also submit to you that it's not just in one mind. Um, it's in many, many minds. It's in our minds. It's in our collective minds. It's in the minds of community. Isna says it's amazing that you're doing this. It's possible. Having said that, it's fatiguing. Yeah, I'm listen, I I I'm not gonna lie. I A wouldn't mind mind some food right now. And uh and I and I'm not gonna do this again. You know, this you know, this is my Forrest Gump moment. I'm gonna get to a hundred and then I'm gonna stop and I'm gonna move on to something else. I'm also very, very determined, more than ever in my life, never to yo-yo back again because that's the story of my life. This time I had a really good excuse. I had a great incentive, not incentive, but a catalyst, a spark, um, which was COVID, being stuck at home, starting to run, listening to Howard Stern, listening to Tim Ferriss. You know, just it, it was, this became my... This became my, um, my, my anchor, my balance, my counterbalance. And, and I, I was fit and I was exactly where I wanted to be. And then I had the heart surgery and all the weight came back. And I can blame it. I can blame it. I can say I have a good excuse. There's that word again, that phrase, a good excuse. But the reality is it really wasn't an excuse. My mind was weak and therefore my body became weak. I could have figured out a way to make it work. I could have figured out a way to exercise even if it meant walking super, super slowly on the treadmill or picking up small weights and doing five bicep curls. I could have figured out if I wanted to, if I really set out to do that. But I'm human. I'm weak. I probably felt maybe justifiably very sorry for myself. And so the weight crept back on. And every time the weight has come back on, it comes back quicker and quicker and it's harder and harder to lose. So never again, I'm never going to allow myself to be overweight again. I'm just not. It doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me happy when my clothes don't fit. It doesn't make me happy um, when, when I just feel uncomfortable. So, but I'm not going to do another hundred hour fast. I've proven that I can. Well, actually, I, I haven't proven it yet because we're still, you know, ten hours away. But I've proven that I can or get close. I don't need to prove to myself again. I don't have to take such an extreme means or mechanism. The world record for intermittent fasting 
is 380 days. Fact. A guy was 470 pounds, I believe, and at the end he was like 240. And for 380 days, it was multivitamins and supplements and water and black coffee and probably bone broth. So that's the extreme. But it's so relative, right? Suddenly, four-day fast, you know, four-day and four-hour fast seems minimal, you know, insignificant compared to a 380-day fast. But for so many people that, by the way, live in the first world, first world problems, they complain because dinner is 30 minutes late at 6.30 or 7 or where's my food in a restaurant when they ate and snacked at 4 p.m. So the power of the mind is, is beyond important. It's important for us to train ourselves. It's important for us to learn. It's important for us to adapt. It's important for us to evolve. And I actually think always it's important for us to help others. It is the we is greater than me. I, I bring this back to, to this is just my story. It's, it's, a, it's a silly story. You know, somebody said to me when I was discussing Forever Changed in South Africa, they said, well, you know, like everyone had stories during COVID. Like, why is your story special? And I said, it's not, but it's my story and I'm sharing it. And I'm encouraging other people to share their story and their story is as significant as mine, if not more significant, because it's their story. But I'm at least sharing mine. I don't think I'm better or worse than anyone. I think I'm the same. But that said, I feel like I can always be better. I can always improve myself. I can strive to lead a life worth living, worth loving, an exceptional life leaving a legacy, we discussed that a little bit with, um, with Sidney Finkelstein, this idea of legacy. By the way, just on a little segue, uh, no, not segue, non-secretor, I, I think I should say, I had the most uh, incredible, and then I'll get to you, Praxim, um, I had the most incredible moment pre-recording on the show yesterday. Uh, like I can't even I can't even explain to you how bizarre this moment is. So you know, and you've heard this week that I brought back this smudge stone, my cat. Not my well, it was a family cat, but then uh, lived in the house after I'd left. And when Smudge passed away, my mother painted or or got Smudge painted on a rock to almost look like. The cat was kind of curled and, you know, uh, curled in that curled position. And I brought the rock back with me. 11.8 pounds. You've heard the story. So yesterday on the show, I interviewed Stephen Frey. And Stephen, I'm actually going to post the, uh, the link to the, to the MP4. Um, I, will, um, I will actually just uh, tweet it today, etc. So, one of Stephen's fun facts is he loves cats. Okay, he loves cats. Great. He loves cats and uh, he loves the color orange. 
I forgot to tell him also Joe Polizzi loves the color orange and he loves gardening. And we got to the thing about cats and I said, let me show you something. And I showed him the rock. And he said, there's an exchange and I'll let you see it in, in, in the video. He says, let me show you something. And he pulls a book in his room that is essentially called Painting Pets Onto Rocks. Like the book is about... This, the book is about painting pets onto rocks. That's what the book is about. He said, this was one of my favorite books as a child. What are the odds? What are the odds that days after returning and recording with this, you know, pet rock or rock cat that, that I show him because he loves cats and he has a book. How many people listening today, tomorrow, forever, have ever even heard heard of painting pets onto rocks, that it's a thing, let alone have a book. I mean, to me, like, if you believe there are no coincidences, then, then this is a sign, whatever the sign is, I have no idea, but it was insane. And so I recorded this little 60-second vignette, which I just wanted to share with you. Uh, let's go back to... Um, to to Praxim. Shadows Pub says, I've heard of it but didn't know it was a thing. Well apparently it is. Um so Praxim says uh two things um and about I guess intermittent fasting. He said there's studies that the seventy two hour mark is where your telomere, what's telomere? Uh create a form of marker that help you with a new set point for your body. This includes all the autophagy. Uh, autophagy for those of you that don't know, is essentially where the body starts to eat itself. It, it basically it eats the bad cells. The good cells eat the bad cells. Um, it's not so much about fat burn, but it's, it's actually about this um, regeneration or rejuvenation of cells. Um, so this includes all the autophagy the body has been doing from early in the fast and the time for the body to reset. Historically, our diets never allowed for the regularity of eating that the Western world does today and then adds... Uh, the uh, also says telomeres are sections of DNA um, found at the at the ends of each of our chromosomes. I guess uh, Praxim adds the other parts of fasting that are not in the mind um, is the body being able to purge addictions, refine sugar, refine carbs, caffeine, etc. So the first time in subsequent times when there's been a long time gap, you go through a fast. You're dealing with physio biological changes and all the body purging those things out. This is where you can ease into a fast and also exit by refeeding, etc. So Lubna says, is your fasting just not eating and, and to drink? Uh, yeah, there's no, there's no food whatsoever. Um, it is possible to have bone broth, but, but that seems yucky to me. So for me, it's just been coffee and water. And I've had water with electrolytes. I've also had this like magnesium supplement, a fizzy, uh, called slow mag. Um, but that's it. And, um, and then, you know, we talk about like like relative, like there is, you know, and Lubna uh, might just be able to talk about this. There is this little thing called Ramadan where Muslims do not eat or drink from sunrise to sunset for 30 days or is it 40 days? Not, I could not do that. I can do a 100-hour fast, but I don't know how I would get through the day for a month with not eating or drinking during the time that I'm meant to be mentally 
you know, mental acuition. And when I'm meant to be, you know, forget an exercise, but how about just the ability to process and get through the day and get through work lunches? And I mean, that to me is is insane and admirable. Like, I don't think I could do that. Um, uh, she says 29 or 30 days, fasting without drinking and eating through the fast window. But that's the thing. You know, in South Africa at the moment, there is um, <laughs> intermittent power. Funny, she just said power of the mind. If you believe you can, you can. There is uh, intermittent power. There's something called load shedding. Literally three times a day, from 2 to 4.30 in the morning, from 8 to 10.30 in the morning, from 4 to 6.30 in the afternoon, there is no power. And people have just learned to cope with it. It is insane. Can you imagine not having power for two to three windows a day? And when it gets to like level five, they can just, the power can go out at any time. They don't even have to warn you. Because they do not have enough power, enough electricity to power the country. It's an absolute you know, banana republic uh, symptom. But people, so people buy what's called inverters. They're not generators, but an inverter that charges every day and can power a minimum of things. So in my house, it doesn't even power the fridge. It doesn't power any real plug per se. Like it can't really power your phone or, um, or a kettle that will like explode the thing. So... Most people have, believe it or not, uh, just, well, a few lights, uh, Wi-Fi, and the television. So people just watch TV. But the Wi-Fi, the Wi-Fi works, which, hallelujah, um, TV works, and just a, a bunch of lights. But I don't think anything else actually works. That is the new normal, and people have learned to cope. If you believe you can, you can, to quote Lubna. Same thing with all these electric fences in South Africa. It seems insane. It seems absurd. How can you live in a prison? But it became normal, the new normal. It's not even the new normal. It's the old normal. There were electric fences when I lived in South Africa, when I left in 1997. We didn't stop at red traffic lights at night in Johannesburg. We just went straight through them, yielded, for fear of being hijacked or carjacked. So everything is relative. And that's the thing with the mind. How do we train ourselves, you know, to practice point, 72 hours? We've got to set new bars, new goals, new standards. Things that we never thought were possible become possible. And then what do we do? Do we continue? I mean, we had this amazing conversation on Monday. I don't think the answer is just to extend. I actually think now in reflection the answer is to stop and do something else. It's almost like imagine our life is just a series of challenges. It is. Like we call a bucket list all the things we wanted to do, but for the most part don't end up doing, or some of us do end up doing. So if we have a bucket list for all of these goals and hopes and aspirations, many of which actually are possible, then we should apply the same rubric to being able to test and push and and do things that are not necessarily bucket list like but you know like even even speaking um like shadows pub was talking about um about creating a piece of content for 365 days well what comes next 
don't extend for 700 and whatever, uh, 30 days. Do something else now or create a different piece of content. If you created video, then create audio. If you created audio, then create text. If you created text, then create memes. That's, in a way, all we're doing is we're saying, you know, think of, think of it as a game, gamification. Level one, level two, level three, level four, level up, level up all the time. Push yourself, challenge yourself to do more, to do better, to be better, because life is short. Now, we're almost at 8.30. I'm going to uh, tell you what the code is. Uh, The code is gratitude. The secret word is gratitude, and you should be able um, to... um, you should be able to get that code uh, between 12 and 2 today. Yeah, between 12 and 2 today. Gratitude. I've been uh, messaging with the poep.xyz people and they said, for now though, please keep following our guidelines as it would positively build your issuer reputation. I'm trying to like push them to like realize this is a great, you know, widening the window to two hours or a day is actually a really good way for podcasters to build audience by creating the on-demand. So I'm hoping they don't ding me on it. They might. Some people are just not, you know, they just they just don't take, they just, you know, they just don't follow the advice that they're given, even if it is the right advice. It's It might just be that this person is too junior or whatever, but I think it's good advice. Um, And I said, look, for smaller audiences, you know, when we have 100 people here live, I don't need to necessarily incent people on the podcast. But but until we get about 100 or 150 people combined, I like the idea of doing both. Praxim says it's definitely possible to go straight to 36 or 72-hour fast. The part of personally overcoming your mind in a fast is also listening to your body. Are you hungry or is that thirst? Do you need food or is it something else? will be less disruptive and let you listen to your body if you go in smaller steps. And and that's fine too. There are baby steps. Slow and steady wins the race. Actually, on Thursday, tomorrow, um, I'm going to, in my newsletter on LinkedIn, um, I've, I've put together uh, the whole tortoise and the hare um, analogy, which we discussed in the Collective Cafe, where I basically said, what if we are all the hare, every single one of us? We all want to be the tortoise. We all want to be the fast followers. Or maybe we don't. But what if like in this whole Web3 environment, every single one of us is in the 2.5%, which is, quali- which is classified as the innovators. And therefore, we are the hare. We're absolutely the hare. Quite frankly, innovators and early adopters, the first 16%, I would say, are hairy, <laughs> are hair-like. And the hare loses the race. The tortoise wins. So how do you adjust your mindset when you realize that you are the hare and the hare loses? It's like a lateral thinking exercise, right? Do you transform from the hare to the tortoise? Do you team up with the tortoise? Do you rewrite your story? It's for you, Sharon. Do you rewrite your story? Do you say, wait a second. I know that's how the story ends. But not this time. I'm going to change the rules. I'm going to rewrite the story. Why not? 
then probably this probably probably is a very good workshop exercise for people to test their creativity and their ability to to reframe and reconsider and and again remember the relativeness of it which is i might be a tortoise to your hair you might be a tortoise to my hair relatively if we look at everyone that is here right now some of us are winning the race because we're the earliest or the fastest some of us are lagging behind but what if we're all actually the same just something to think about Praxim uh, has just dropped. He always says, have a lovely day, need to drop, and I never get a chance to say goodbye to him. Uh, Bez says, did you say we need to input the secret word between? No, between 12 and 2. It shouldn't work right now. You can try it now, but it should work between 12 and 2. Eventually, what I'm going to do is if it is, because I don't want to get dinged by them, so I might just, um, I like I like the idea of, you know, my show generally records 1 to 2, so I just want to find a good time in the day and then just maybe go back to like a 15-minute window, which is actually a lot more generous than, you know, with Ryan Carson, it was like 30 seconds or 45 seconds or, an, or a minute. It was so super short. Um, so I tried two hours today only because it worked, um, but it would probably be like a 15-minute window and it probably makes sense to do it at like 12 noon because that's just like a mentally – you know, it's a time that everyone, you know, 5 p.m. in the UK, 6 p.m. I guess in Netherlands, uh, Ludna, I think you're six hours um, ahead. So just like it becomes like a, you know, more muscle memory um, in terms of being able to to remember the time. And we'll see if it works. And you'll let me know, you know, you'll let me know and say, hey, wait a second, I, I want it live. I show up live and I want my poet live. I don't want to have to check back later. Uh, I aim to please. Um, also tomorrow I am going to reach out to, uh, Sydney this morning and see if he can pop in and, um, but regardless what I want to do tomorrow, well, Bez, it's your show tomorrow to do some more live reading, but I thought it would also be nice to discuss some of the highlights and the takeaways, um, from his episode. I will try and record, uh, maybe one, um, one or two, uh, one minute vignettes and then I'll load them up onto the roadcast and play them for you. Um, so let's get back to this idea of, you know, the the power of the mind. I, you know, I, I'm enamored by meditation, but I don't really understand it, and I can't really say that I've done it well or properly or at all. Um, I'm enamored by um, manifestation, meditation, um, as these two things, but I I don't, I've never really seen the power of, you know, if you will it, it will be. If you, if you believe so strongly in it, if you, um, you know, if you imagine it, if you dream it, you can do it. I live by that code of dreaming. Um, I also recognize that action is so important. Execution is so important. Uh, this was something that actually came out in in the pre-recorded in the pre-recording yesterday. Um, with um, actually, I don't think it was yesterday. I think it was with Sidney Finkelstein. The the importance of action, of being able to take action, of execution. 
I'm a huge, huge believer in it. Um, I didn't used to be. You know, I used to think, well, execute. I, I, you know, I would um, even going back to to yesterday. The whole idea is, you know, um, Stephen's whole point of view is no, it was with Stephen about actionable. Was his whole point of view is about science? He calls it brand science, and I was like, well, I, I don't really. I'm like more of an art guy, <laughs> you know. I, I'm a right brain. I, I'm a thinker. Uh, I'm a creative. Um, I'm you know, an innovator, I'm a disruptor, um, I'm not an analytical person, I'm not, you know, someone that's looking for the data and the causality and the, and the rubrics and the reframing. Um, and, you know, I looked at the definition behind science, and this was the definition. Number one, um, the systematic study of the structure and behavior of the physical and natural world through observation, experimentation, and the testing of theories against the evidence obtained. Um, now, my comment on that straight away was, "Hey, wait a second! That doesn't sound that doesn't sound uh, so right brain. I mean, left brain. You know, because it's like this idea of observation. Well." Observation, being curious, um, you know, taking the time to watch, to learn, um, that seems that seems like something a, a planner or creative would do in the agency business. I like that. You know, most of the time we're, you know, to me, observation is listening as opposed to talking, as opposed to being the long, talking the longest or the loudest. You know, that's not observation. Um, and then this idea of experimentation, well, of course, experimentation, I mean, what are we all doing? We're, we're ready, fire, aim. We're testing and learning. We are seeing what's possible. We're pushing the borders and the boundaries. We're, we're taking on streaks. We're setting records. We're doing 100-hour fasts. We're testing if, if this, you know, if this, then what? Then that. So I didn't feel as afraid or as, um, you know, uh, prickly about science. And then the other definition is knowledge of any kind. So I was like, okay, well, knowledge of any kind. Again, I can live with that. Any kind of knowledge, thirst for knowledge, the ability to learn, learn about yourself, learn about others, become smarter, become more informed, more educated, more diverse, speak to different people, that are not like you, learn from them? Is that science? In which case, call me a scientist. I'll take three. So these juxtapositions, art and science, left brain and right brain, in fact, what Stephen said was, um, they're actually, the left brain, right brain is actually not the correct rubric. And he spoke about this concept of system one versus system two, that there are these two systems in us. You know, there is the, the, I guess it would be the instinctual, the automated, the, the primal, the, the rote um, versus one that is more considered. You could call it low involvement, high involvement. Um, you know, he cited da Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. He also just spoke about how Hormel added a tiny little green leaf to its logo. And in doing so, um, suddenly people that would just pass 
the logo, the 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 you know the company, the trucks, the the products. You know, they're the makers of spam. Um, suddenly, they're just that tiny little subtle green leaf became a you know became just this this slight little disruptor. Even though people were in autopilot of health or healthy or or healthier or not as unhealthy, perhaps as you might have thought. So a lot of this, a lot of this, you know, this, what seems like, I guess, a paradox or contradiction in life is really not. You know, it's something that I've learned, which is um, I, I personally operate on extremes, but I operate on both extremes. For example, I love singing. Singing is not a right brain activity. It's a left brain activity. It's very left brain. Because if you sing out of tune or out of key, then you're not singing well. There are some right brain components like writing music, like actually creating something from nothing, or riffing or adapting or making it your own. But for the most part, you either sing the song well or you don't. So I love singing. But then again, you know, I, you know, so many other aspects of me are, are extreme right brain. And what I learned is actually equilibrium, right? The middle ground, the compromise is not actually that. It's not a compromise. It's not the I'm in the middle, I'm mediocre, I'm average. It's I have found a happy medium between the two extremes. I don't know if this is the right advice to give at all. Um, But I would tell people to go and live life on the extremes, not on the extreme or at the extreme, on the extremes, plural. Extreme left, extreme right, extreme um, brain, left brain, right brain, you know, uh, system one, system two. Do both and do, and do both like your life depends on it and do both at an extreme. I, I'm doing it right now. Like I'm actually doing it right now. Um, by the way, Shadows Pub says... Dreaming something into existence simply puts the intention out into the universe and draws your mind to it. Action is still required. Absolutely. A plan is required. I had this you know, incident with my son the other night. Uh, I guess it was Monday night. And uh, about you know, just grades and, and, and work. And he was like, so what, what's your plan? He said, I'm going to work harder. I'm like, well, I need more than that. I need more than I am going to work harder. How do I believe you? How are you going to work harder? What are you going to do? I'm just going to do it. That's not good enough. I need a plan. I need, I need to understand what that roadmap looks like. And, and you know, my biggest message to, to him, by the way, and I'm jumping around a lot, is if you want me to give you independence, then you have to earn it. If you want me to let you figure it out by yourself, you have to assure me or reassure me that you are capable of figuring it out by yourself. Or if you want, you're going to know who to come to and ask for help or for a bit of a course correction. So I'm hoping tomorrow that I will... Hello, Pegas. Nice to see you. I'm hoping tomorrow that I will be able to join you and Sydney will hopefully come as well 
and we'll talk about super bosses. Um, I, I think this book came at the right place at the right time. I mean, I actually writing him an email now and I just said, you know, this was an important show for me. My first show back after my mother's passing, a live show, being able to dedicate, and he said some beautiful words about her too. You know, my soliloquy was called Super Mom as opposed to Super Bosses. Whether she was a super boss or not, um, I don't know. But I know she was a super mom. And um, I'm hoping that this 100-hour fast is a thing of the past. The fast is in the past. Um, I'm hoping to now be able to close the book and the chapter and figure out a new chapter um, or a new, a new end to the story or a new continuation of the story, which is how to avoid that in the future. But I've taught myself something. I've taught myself something that I can do it. I, I, I knew I could. I went kind of cold turkey into it, by the way. I just, you know, had a huge meal on Saturday and I was just like, okay, let's start. Start the clock. My approach to it was not to overthink it or to ease into it, which is probably what I should have done. Mine was just, just you know, flip the switch. Do it. Just do it. Go for it. I think there's a lesson in that and a learning in that and and... And an insight in that, which is sometimes the best thing to do is just to do it. That's a different way to think about action. What is procrastination at the end of the day? Procrastination is the delaying of action. Procrastination is not the delaying of intent. We, we have abundance of intent. We have abundance of wishes and abundance of intent. I wish I was thinner. I wish I was smarter. I wish I was richer. I wish I was kinder. I wish I was healthier. I wish I was, you know, I wish I was a genie and I could grant wishes. But then there is a chasm. There's a mini chasm and a chasm, right? There's the, the mini chasm from, from idea to intent. Like being able to actually say, I want this, like I really want this, not I would like to be rich, but I need to get a job. I need to get my shit together. I need you know, to put a plan together. Maybe you even put the plan together. That's part of the intent. But the ability to execute that plan, that's the key. And it's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. There's no body part of it except if your body fuels your mind. Best thing to do when you, you know, I used to fly into Australia a lot for, for speaking, is drop your stuff in the hotel and go for a run. Get your blood flowing. Get your blood flowing. Get your heart pumping. Get some fresh air. And that's what's going to kind of give you the boost. And, oh, by the way, while you're doing that, the mind starts to work. The mind is at peace and at rest, and so the mind starts to give you little bonuses, little gifts, little pieces of pixie dust and magic, inspiration, thoughts about your next presentation, thoughts about your next business deal, thoughts about your next piece of content. 
because your mind is actually being given a rest because the body is taking over. The mind and body are willing bedfellows, best of friends. That's why they feed into each other. Also, your mind is off, has been taken away from and off this idea of I'm tired, I'm jet-lagged, I'm lethargic, I'm exhausted, my ankles are swollen, um, you know, it's time to go to sleep when it's time to wake up and when I'm meant to wake up, I'm meant to go to sleep. And instead, you know, I, I have very um, uh, vivid memories of, I always used to stay at the Blue Hotel in Wallamaloo. And it was a beautiful, beautiful run along the water that actually kind of came out around the botanical garden at, um, at the Sydney Opera House. It wasn't a long run at all. It was probably, I don't know, maybe 5Ks, 6Ks, 3 to 4 miles. It was just a beautiful run. Just so fresh and so alive. And that's how I did it, without knowing why or what. It just seemed like, like, like an instinctive way to move forward. Uh, Sharon says, having a roadmap is not only seeing your way forward, but having a plan for getting there. And, and you know, I, I probably procrastinate most in life in, in actually having the discipline to, to create that business plan or that roadmap. It would be so much easier if I was able to do that. I just know it's one of my weaknesses. Um, but at the same time, you've seen me, most of you here have seen me just, you know, just start the coffee. We just started the coffee one day and we haven't stopped it. And then one day we started the podcast. Um, by the way, today I am, if he shows, because this is the uh, first time it just didn't work out, I am interviewing Mario Norfolk. And uh, for those of you that know, uh, you know, Mario's interesting guy. He, he basically, I, I don't know what's happened in the last two to three weeks, but I think he's pretty much running uh, the biggest spaces on Twitter, period. Um, that's, that's the link. Um, and I think he was meant, I, you know, just before I went to South Africa, he was meant to have Andrew Tate on. And I think Andrew Tate got arrested, which is why he wasn't on. But he's had Fauci and he's had Elon and he's just created these, you know, I'm going to talk to him about it. It's like, how did you create it? Did you like have any idea of how big it was going to be? Um, you know, how do you not get intimidated? How do you deal with haters? Like all these these questions. So that's at 9.30 today. So it's 8.49 a.m. right now. Uh, immediately after the show ends the show after this coffee ends. I've also got to like, uh, you know, uh, Isna was very kind. She said she loves the introduction. Um, but part of that introduction says no one will ever be put on the spot and that this is a safe space. And so I have to be true to that. Um, but I would love uh, a little bit of, of um, when you are inspired and in the mood, a little bit of company on stage. Uh, I, I'm actually surprised i surprised myself that i can just talk for an hour and um and not necessarily you know we've never finished early like 10 minutes early i mean unless 
there was a really good, like I, I had to leave physically for something or I had another call. Uh, it's amazing how, how it flows. It flows when I think there is like this authentic voice or this authentic, you know, this safe space. Like I, I believe that in those environments, um, it's very easy to actually find this, this flow, you know. And, and there are little cheats, by the way. I can, I can teach you some of them. Um, the cheats are definitely the cafe chat, right? Definitely. So when somebody says something in the cafe chat, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just a little, you know, a little uh, spark or a little seed. If it's a new thought, fantastic. A question, you know, the AMA uh, office hours, but if it's a build on something, then what it does is it extends the conversation. I, I created a media model a long time ago, amplify, extend, enhance. Right? Amplify is what we see the most of. It's the most uninspiring. It's earned media, it's retweets, it's you know, word of mouth. It's just taking the same message and amplifying the message. Just repeat, you know, cut and paste, duplicating frequency. Extend is being able to just add to it. These are builds. You know, top five, he has a plus one. So the extend is sometimes a conversation starter. Talk amongst yourselves, I'll give you a topic, the power of the mind, right? So this is a giant extension today. It's, it's the power of the mind. It's a thought about this fast. It's about... And we've gone in different directions, some, um, you know, some relevant, some irrelevant. I mean, some connected, some in, not connected. Um, but enhance is the transformational aspect. It's, this is an idea that I can implement, that I did implement, that actually changed my approach, my life, my philosophy, my business, so, and that's what we're aiming for. You know, if you, if you thought about it, it's probably like, you know, the classic innovation rule, 70-20-10. 70% of everything is amplify, 20% is extend and 10 but Maybe it's 60-30-10 um, because 60%, the amplification is not original content. That is a retweet. Or it's a retweet and a quote. Very minimal additions the extension is a twitter space a clubhouse room uh, a discord you know extension is the ability to a panel you know it's the ability to create more around something right as opposed to or something from nothing and then build 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 um, but then haunts is the game the goal Enhance is being able to, like a workshop could be that, right? Where you walk away with actionable plans, with ideas that are, you know, that are stress tested. Uh, the enhance is something that is capable of changing life. I saw, um, let me see if I can just share this with you just before we go. Uh, here it is. So we discussed, you know, the, like uh, the whole conversation of data um so have a look at this uh, in 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 the back chat and of course if you are listening on the podcast um you all you have to do is just go to the cafe chat and, and just look look at the date um which 
Today is uh, February 1st. Happy February 1st, everyone. So this is um, a, an example using Lego of data sorted, arranged, uh, um, presented visually, explained with a story, and then actionable and useful. And I love that. You know, I love the fact that that that's what we're aiming for, the actionable, the useful, the utilitarian, um, the transformational. The fact that, you know, there were people, many people who in my past who have heard me speak, whether it's on the podcast with Mitch Joel or my own or, you know, in a keynote, and have changed their jobs, have quit their jobs and taken up another job or have been inspired to start a business or, or you know, a startup because of my words. That's enhance. That's the ability to... To, you know, we say words matter. Well, why do they matter? How do they matter? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me. Words matter when they lead to action, both good, bad, and I suppose ugly as well. The power of a story is not just, you know, designed to make you feel good and then it goes away. It's meant to be something that you can build into, that you can attach to yourself, that you can take something from that story attach it to you, you know, it's a new input, it's a new ingredient that enhances you, that changes you. Books that have changed lives, they've changed their lives, people's lives, because of how powerful and transformational those stories were. I'm getting into your territory now, Sharon. So, I love the concept of Wellness Wednesday, of being able to take our minds away from the day-to-day, the economy, the macro, the marketing, the, you know, the business side of Web3. Maybe a better way to describe it is Wellness Wednesday is about the personal side of Web3. And therefore, when we talk about coaches and gurus and trauma dumping and all these words that imposter syndrome and mental health and mental availability and, um, and self-care, it's a time for us to focus on ourselves and each other and, um, and pause and slow down. This was the question that, uh, that I asked. Well, it was one of the things Sydney wanted to talk about. What do you know now that you didn't know then? I think actually that I might start asking all my guests that question and then putting together a little compilation. That's, you know, what do you know now that you didn't know then? What have you learned? What would you go back and tell your... I mean, the, der- the, the derivative of that question is what would you tell your 20-year-old self? But I, don't, I think that's too limiting to actually go back to your 20-year-old self. Maybe you'd go back to your, I'm 52, your 45-year-old self, or your 40-year-old self, or your 35, or your 30, or your 25-year-old self. And why does it always have to be not so much a negative? You know, like I would say, don't do this, or, or you should have, my joke always is, you know, what would you do if you could, 
you know, invent a time machine and go back 10 years ago or 20 years ago, I would say my answer is always the same, buy Bitcoin or Google or Amazon or whatever, Netflix, but generally it's buy Bitcoin. Um, but I think I love the question because the question is it's all, it's all about wisdom and a delta between us just trying to figure things out, find our way, make a difference, make our mothers proud, um, you know, feel a sense of accomplishment and self-worth. And maybe we did and maybe we didn't. And maybe what we've learned today actually is, has, would detract from us in the past when we find out how the world works or doesn't work. Maybe our naivete and our blissful ignorance and our purity, our innocence was allowed us to do things and make a difference before we got jaded or, or ruined or, or, or damaged by the big bad world. Maybe I'll ask Mario that question, but he looks pretty damn young. Bastard. So thank you for joining us today. Whether you are live or listening on the pod, remember that we are here Monday through Friday. We are here 8 to 9, and when I can't make it, I have uh, led by the Great Bears and, and, and in tow Sharon. And quite frankly, Jersey King, Pegasus Shadows Pub, Isna, here. You can be there or here. Um, we welcome volunteers. And um, just have an amazing day. Uh, I will be checking in with you, uh, let you know whether I make the goal or not. Um, and uh, you can take personal bets on whether I do or don't. And good luck on the POAP. Hopefully uh, it works between 12 and 2 today. Remember the code is gratitude. And I am grateful to all of you. I will see you all tomorrow. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Danielle Wiley hosts a great podcast called The Art of Sway. Danielle, tell us what you talk about on the show. The Art of Sway brings listeners inside the world of marketing as seen through the lens of influence. So each week I chat with an expert guest for a lively discussion about connecting ideas with audiences in an attempt to uncover all the ways influence impacts how and what we discover, purchase, and recommend to each other. Wow. And where can people subscribe? Go to theartofswaypodcast.com. Find the show at marketingpodcasts.net or search for The Art of Sway wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.